David, do you think that Voldemort has a penis? Masters give a Dobby a sock. <laughs> <laughs> Dobby is free of the cursed child. Mm. 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 Mm-hmm. I guess we kind of. I guess we know how one person felt about Act Four. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just okay. trying to. I'm trying to relate to the general uh, Harry Potter. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that is still Spencer's opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's both. It could be both. Welcome back, Harry Potter fans, to the show of Requirement, a Harry Potter podcast exclusively on everything. Everywhere that you listen to podcasts, we are on there. I'm your host, David Gonzalez, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Abby Tooley and Spencer Price. And we are continuing our cursed read-through of (laughs) Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. And before we get into that, I've been recently watching on HBO Max the Hogwarts like houses quiz show competition uh-huh. yeah I forgot that yeah. thing I've been watching that recently uh first thing I'll say very disappointed in the Gryffindor team they did mm. not make it to the finals they got they got crushed by Hufflepuff and Yo! then they got crushed Yo! by Slytherin and and to me I was definitely humbled because I'm just like, you know what? They're, and we've talked about this before. Gryffindor is always made out to be the very best of the best. And they're always awesome. And they're always winning. And so it was kind of nice to see like Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw both just ran away mm-hmm. with the competition. And so I'm excited to see them in the finals with Slytherin. Um, but one of the funny things that happened in there was uh, one of the players for Slytherin was asked which, like what his, who his favorite character was, and he said, "Get this, Dolores Umbridge was his favorite no, Harry Potter." It character. can't be. He was looking for a hot take to make. Drama. I think so. That's not true. I could uh, not believe no. it. I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't. Not, but not that is <laughs> like that. That's what he said, and and Alicia and I were just like, "Oh my gosh, no way!" Like Those we are the type of that, people that I just don't like listening. I to. think Slytherins though. <laughs> that I've met have this sarcastic, like almost narcissistic energy sometimes. Mm, yeah. Uh, that's your friend of the podcast and our Slytherin. Right. Uh, right. Happy birthday, Sierra. But happy birthday, <laughs> Sierra. This, Hope you're this doing is, well. I feel like he just wanted to like, you know, make waves. Maybe. Yeah. I, Maybe. That has to be. There's just so Slytherin energy. Like, I feel like they were all yeah. like, if they ask, you should say Dolores Umbridge. yeah i think so but it was really fun i had a great time watching it and like participating and answering those questions as well with them and so it was a whole lot of fun but back to the conversation at at hand we just finished act four and that's what we're talking about today what are y'all's thoughts on this final act of this story I'm not going to lie. It didn't go as much off the rails as I thought it would. I agree. Yeah. It was a little, a little bit almost anticlimactic. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, I, can, I can get that. Just a little bit. But yeah, it's definitely, 
the the worst part of this book for me. But that's also because I I genuinely enjoyed most of what this book was doing mm-hmm. or what this play was doing. So like the other three acts were fun and interesting and intriguing. Uh, some character portrayals aside, and by portrayals, I mean betrayals of Ron Weasley, mm-hmm. as we've discussed in previous months. Yes. And this was yes. just more of that. Uh, but mm-hmm. it was just like, it just wasn't enough. I don't know. Like, it, it did a couple of crazy things, but I don't know. I'm this episode wondering. feels a little bit Temple of Doomish for a reference of an episode mm. Abby and I. And <laughs> Temple, and of Temple of Gloom. Temple of Gloom. She just screams the whole time. Oh, I still can't get over <laughs> it. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me wonder if. I don't know. For me, this act had a lot of really good conversation between mm-hmm. characters that yes. I really appreciated. So yes. I get that in some ways there wasn't as much action as you would expect at the very end of this. But I did really enjoy the conversations that were had and the dialogue that happened. It made me wonder if if for some reason this was... Well, on stage, I wonder if it was more captivating in a way. Instead mm-hmm. of us just having to read it. Yeah. Um, because that's Fair the other point. thing. Is this is also a play. I was going to mm-hmm. say, if this ever is like played out in person, I was like, no, it was. <laughs> it's a play. Um, but no, I, I don't know. I liked it better in some ways. I don't know. I feel, feel really torn about it. I'd give it like a solid 6 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would have ranked the other ones. But I felt like... One or two of them may have been lower than this one. I don't think it's the worst act, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The Scorpius, I think that was act three, which was like where Scorpius was kind of the main character of the act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'd say act three is the best. And like... I would agree with that. A decent way better than the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Act four was really great for me personally. Uh, just because whenever I got to like the whole, you know, battle scene at the end, I was just like in the play, it's going to be longer. It's not going to feel as mm-hmm. rushed or as downplayed as it may seem reading it. At least that's how that's how I was reading it. So I was just like, oh, man, they're going to do some really cool things with the choreography and like really just kind of drag this out. So it wasn't really an issue. I I thought it ended extremely well. Um Abby, for what you said, the conversations that took place in this act were fantastic. You know, Harry and Albus, how they closed out the entire uh, show, or I guess this play. Mm -hmm. Um, Even Albus and and Harry, you know, uh, with the portrait in the Ministry of Magic. And then them witnessing Voldemort killing Lily and James Potter, man, that man, that was extremely emotional. Uh, and and again, just one of those things of like, this is why it's called Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, um, because it's still about him and him having, you know, he's he always heard about his parents dying and he remembers things like little details about it, but to actually hear it going on and to 
be at the age that he is and to experience it in this way was I didn't think that that was going to happen and it moved me mm-hmm. v- like a lot. I and, shed a tear a couple of times while reading this act. For yeah. Sure. And so, yes, it might not have been as action packed or as climactic as maybe other final acts have been in other projects and other movies or books or whatnot but i didn't have a problem with it with them doing it like that and so i really thought that they they landed it well and i think this act actually helped me be more okay with delphi being voldemort's daughter Hmm. those are great points i wasn't really that tied to my opinion but i would say just the action side i guess but in a way the the emotional scenes uh, really tied a bow on mm-hmm. what this whole story has been, which is just an emotional story between Albus and Harry and Harry and Draco. Although I feel like Draco, Harry and Draco. Is, yes. I forgot about mm-hmm. that. But that yeah, was, that's that, was a, good that, stuff. that was a good, and yes. Was Draco talking to Harry about the time Turner? Was that this act? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's then that's my favorite scene of the act for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Delphi just a little, I guess a little sad. Mm-hmm. It was just really sad how she was so desperate for identity. Really? Yeah. It's kind of sad that I'm glad that they didn't kill her. But me it's too. Just sad that she didn't get any kind of good closure for that. And what I'm going to just say what the fans are probably going to hate the most about this, which is, well, Delphi being a thing at all, but past that, transfiguring Harry into Voldemort. Mm-hmm. was a little strange. But more strange for me was the love potion bl- blanket. Uh, that was just a, a very strange plot device. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people probably really hate it. I just think it's a little weird. <laughs> I, I will say the marriage and family therapist in me again with the conversations mm-hmm. that were had about family yeah. this whole story you're right david it's all about the relationships between all of these characters and especially like the potter family's relationships as well i'm just ugh, it just touches me in so many deep ways and i really like we'll probably talk about our favorite parts later but in i think it was scene nine of act four when Ginny and Harry are talking about all this I don't know I was just like man it's so good I really I really did appreciate it I will I don't know how I felt about the I don't think I thought too hard about the the blanket and the yeah I I didn't really either I I don't know it just I was like oh okay well I'm saying that like it didn't really affect any of us we just kind of were like proceed yeah (laughs) Uh, but i'm sure that a lot of people like i haven't gone into the the underbelly of reddit Mm -hmm. about this book or like famous people (laughs) like well not famous people but like big harry potter people on youtube Mm -hmm. at movie flame who hates this book i haven't actually watched his video but i'm like i know that's something that they would probably get hung up on Mm -hmm. uh something that was really I don't know. They they didn't write this, obviously, but it just works. It's so Harry Potter because I open at the close mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. when Dumbledore puts 
to get the resurrection stone, right? But it's also yeah. J.K. Rowling has like admitted that it's also like for the whole series because Sorcerer's Stone came out right after Deathly Hollows takes place. Mm-hmm. Just a fun nod, and so that's kind of how she built it out. But also, Curse of Child closes at the open. Yeah. Mm. Just thought that was really fun. I didn't think about it until you were talking about Harry having to re-experience the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. So for me, the blanket really didn't wasn't a huge issue, and it it's not. I mean, it brings the blanket back into play, and I kind of like the concept of Harry still having the blanket, you know, as a coping mechanism with Hollow's Eve and and dealing with stuff like that. In terms of like the transfiguration of Harry into Voldemort, it's possible. Only powerful wizards are capable of doing that. That's why we don't mm-hmm. see it very often. So it makes sense that they could do it because Harry's extremely powerful. Grindelwald, when he did it, he's extremely powerful, but not everybody can do it. That's the whole point of Polyjuice Potion. Well, there, it was so, a group effort. Um, right. Hermione, not Ron, not in this. Right. And so that just makes it more, more possible. And so... To me, it wasn't it wasn't one of those things here to where I thought, oh, this is not possible because well, we've we've seen it happen with Grindelwald when he became Graves. So I thought that it was, I thought it was great that they did it that way instead of having to hold. Oh man, we got to go make Polyjuice potion. We got to do all these different kinds well, that of takes crazy three stuff. Months. They don't have time for that. Exactly, they don't have time for that. And so I thought this was a great use of of that ability, especially in a in a group effort. I. Mm, there's just I, there's so many characters that I want to focus on, but I just want to focus on the Malfoy family. The reason why I think I love this play so much is because it really just adds another layer to the characters of Scorpius and Draco Malfoy. And to me, they're the stars of this play just with their with their dialogue so scorpius with albus and then draco with harry like in back-to-back acts they have probably the best scene in this entire play and at least scorpius that, that, talking to draco in the alternate reality was a great scene as mm-hmm. well exactly yes and so i just i love that they did these characters justice and they added Uh, kind of another dimension to who they are and really just explains like I've been thinking this entire time what okay what is how did Draco really feel with all these rumors kind of going on and the real reason behind that we got to find that out and figure it out and it's a really sad story um but I think it's just it's beautifully done and I think right in one line it says Harry and Draco looked at each other for the first time as friends. And I'm just like, oh, man, that's good. I love that. Can someone explain exactly what went down? Because Astoria, Draco's wife, had a condition Mm -hmm. that couldn't have kids. So it's not that she couldn't have kids. It's that if she had kids, her condition would get worse. Right. So Draco was saying, I would rather us not have kids so that way you can continue to live longer. And I would I would rather that 
the di- the Malfoy line dies with me than to lose you. But they had a kid anyway because it's what she wanted. She didn't want it for the Malfoy name or anything like that. She just wanted it so that way they could have a family together. And it came with a price when Scorpius was born. So the time turner had nothing to do with it. No, not really. Because I was just confused by that dialogue because he was like, here's the time turner, BT dubs, here's a mini story about... Because I think he, what, he was, what he was saying was that he was very tempted to use it to go back in time to spend with his wife. Ah. And he knew that he shouldn't, he shouldn't have had it and he shouldn't do it, which is why he never does. But that temptation was always there and that's why he always had it was for that reason. Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense why he has it too because Lucius would buy it and not mm-hmm. use not to ever use it. Like he's a, he no, never would have used this. The collector he just has it. Collector of dark magic. <laughs> he's pretty much the collector of the Harry Potter universe, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. a very different version. Yeah. Yeah, so let's go ahead and let's let's talk about some of our favorite scenes from this act. Abby, let's start with you. Mm-hmm. What what would yes. you like to where would you like to dive in? Well, Mine, I really liked scene nine. Mm, um, okay. And it's just Harry and Ginny talking in the in St. Jerome's Church at Godric's Hollow. And they're just kind of reflecting on, I don't know, I just thought it was beautiful the way that we hear Ginny talking about, well, first of all, to begin with, Harry's like, poor kid thought he had to save the world. And Ginny said, poor kid has saved the world. He probably also destroyed the world, but we shouldn't focus on that. <laughs> he could have. <laughs> um, but yeah. I love that that Jenny reflects on after the Chamber of Secrets happened and after mm-hmm. yeah. um, her experience. She talked about how Harry was really the only person that connected with her afterwards and made her yeah. feel loved and valued and special. And she snaps. Was like, exactly. She was like he was heroic in really quiet ways sometimes. And she was like, sometimes children particularly what they need is just someone to play exploding snaps with mm-hmm. and harry was like what <laughs> and then he was like he just needs to feel special and valued yeah. and he was like he is special and i try to make him feel valued but Jenny's just really showing him how special albus is and how um harry's relationship with him harry's trying to love him kind of in all the wrong ways mm-hmm. and so i love that she's kind of getting to have this moment with Harry yeah. where they're talking about Albus and how Harry can connect with his son better. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Love. I love that. Love that scene as well. Spencer. This is, this is my, probably my favorite scene in the whole play mm-hmm. and it's act four, scene four. Mm. Okay. We've already referenced it once, but what I forgot is this is the same scene all in one scene where Harry has his sadly his final conversation with Dumbledore in in the books not to say that he didn't talk to the painting later we we Mm -hmm. can assume that but this is the last written or recorded time that we have him speaking with any form of Dumbledore Mm -hmm. The, the magic about paintings is definitely McGonagall references it in the play, mm-hmm. but Dumbledore's painting has got to be special in some way. <laughs> Seems to know a lot. Yeah. Not a ghost, 
but certainly more than just a regular painting. He's this isn't uh, what's his name, Sir Cadigan. Mm-hmm. This isn't Sir Cadigan. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> or the uh, fat lady. <laughs> well, we just got a bunch of like this is almost a miniature version of the the Dumbledore and Dumbledore's office scene at the end of Order of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where we kind of see into Dumbledore's side of the story and their relationship and how Dumbledore wanted to protect Harry, but he even admits multiple times that he's like mistaken sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. He's crying. Harry makes him cry. Uh, I was blind. This is what love does. I couldn't see that you needed to hear this closed up, tricky, dangerous old man loved you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what Dumbledore is. He's closed up, tricky, and dangerous. Yeah. Like 110%. Uh, and it's kind of like, oh, you made me fight Voldemort. I'm like, well, Harry, you're kind of forgetting when Dumbledore did fight Voldemort for you. Yes, he it's did. Like, he totally did. It's like the dopest scene. and This is the dopest duel still. Not to say they won't be beaten. I have hopes for right. Fantastic Beasts, but... Yeah. I one of My favorite line from that scene specifically, and I, I highlighted it uh, just because I thought it was so good. To me... This one quote from Dumbledore makes this entire play fantastic, and I love it. I feel like I know Dumbledore it's be. says, "Yeah, it says Harry. There's never a perfect answer in this messy emotional world. Perfection is beyond the reach of hum- humankind, beyond the reach of magic. And every shining moment of happiness is that drop of poison, the knowledge that pain will come again." Be honest to those you love. Show your pain. To suffer is as human as to breathe. And I thought that is the most Dumbledore thing mm-hmm. that I've ever read. Uh, and I think it's it's perfect. And it, it captures life as we know it in today's world as well. Of nothing, nothing's perfect. When we think something is perfect, there's always pain that will come at some point in time. And the best way to deal with it is to confront it and to be honest and open about it as difficult as that is mm-hmm. that's what we need as human beings we need to come together and suffer together and man i just love that line that yeah. this line you know i was listening to the half-blood prince soundtrack uh and it was dumbledore's farewell and so tears happened while I was reading this, and it was awesome. I loved it. But, man, such a great conversation between these two. These and then two it immediately, goes, immediately goes to the best, yeah. one of the best conversations with Draco and Harry, probably the best That's right. between them of the whole time. So it's like, yes, bada-bing, bada-boom, mm-hmm. straight at you. And it's we've already kind of talked about that, but it's super crucial for the play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think probably one of the funniest scenes uh, to kind of make this a little bit more lighthearted <laughs> uh, probably one of the, is Scorpius this entire time has been head over heels for Rose. I At least I, I knew that he was just because he was always so cheerful after she was like mean to him or whatever. He's like, I finally did it. I asked out Rose. Yeah. And she said no. <laughs> He's like, and, it started uh, with an acorn. I've planted yeah, a seed. Yeah, and he's just, yeah, he's like, I'm laying down the foundations for our eventual marriage. And I was just <laughs> like, Scorpius, you're awesome, dude. Have that kind of optimism. So that was, for me, that was a, a really just 
fun scene mm-hmm. between Albus and Scorpius of, again, how when I initially was going to read this, I didn't think that Scorpius would be the more optimistic of the two or even be my favorite over the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, another fun moment. And Albus, they really tried to redeem Albus in this act and to, to varying success. Uh-huh. I really, I just laughed out loud when they're trying to come up with what to do. And Albus is like, I got it. We go to Dumbledore. He's alive. And Scorpius is like, this is a terrible idea. And I was like, what do we do what we did with Nate? Snake? And Scorpius said, can we risk knowing him knowing your dad survives, that he has kids? And Albus says, he's Dumbledore. He can cope with anything. Yeah. And it's true I, to a degree. Like, I feel like... To a degree. Dumbledore would have kept it a secret for him. But also... I, I also... I love that Scorpius... The way that I read it, Scorpius was just like trying to be patient with Albus and like explain everything. I was like, listen, we can't go back. We can't go and start messing with things... And the only reason why I talked to Snape was because I was in an alternate reality. We're mm-hmm. in the past. So we can't do anything to met and make more problems for the present. Um, and so I just, Scorpius to me was just like that super intelligent. Mm-hmm. And even like, they even referenced like, he's kind of like Hermi- Hermione in some ways. Yeah. Um, where I just like, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, this, this, this. And then both Hermione and Scorpius are just like, you're not wrong. And then Ron says, Oh man, there's two of them. Blimey! <laughs> I will say this though, uh, and Spencer, you may disagree with me on this. He, as bad as Ron has been in the other three acts, he wasn't as bad in this one as he was in the other three. Pretty much. Not yeah. to say that they were not not to say that they redeemed him at all or anything like that, but he was the damage was was not super high in this act. It no, could have been, been, been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. The damage had been done. They were just yeah. following. With yeah, the no, I agree with that. Uh, <laughs> literally, literally, I bring you back to the first scene of Act Four, where they're all like standing up to figure out the thing. I don't know. It's one. Of, it's a mm-hmm. big team moment or whatever. And yeah, you know, Harry's in, Ginny's in, Hermione's in, whatever. And then Ron just gets up and is just to say, I didn't know much about much of it, so I can't take responsibility. And I'm pretty sure my kids had nothing to do with it. But if this slaughter's standing up <laughs> yeah. here, then so am I. And I'm just like, this is... Ron would take more responsibility or take more stake. Like that, that was just like, ah. But I don't yeah. know. Pretty I don't know about rest, that. Because I, funny, I think but... he could have, he could have just said, honestly, he, he could have just said like, well, I'm standing by my wife, like regardless, no matter, no matter whose fault it is. That's, that's, um, that's what real Ron, but, I guess, would do. But other than yeah. that, yeah, he really didn't make a lot of no. dumb things. He didn't say much <laughs> at all, really. Yeah, really. I would also like to point out the very end of Act 4, Scene 13, when Hagrid mm-hmm. comes in. Oh, man, yeah. I thought that was so sweet. When Waterworks. he meets Harry. For, yeah, I did. I cried. When he meets Harry for the first time, and he just is so Hagrid. One, yeah, they wrote it in his, in his like dialect, <laughs> but also he's just like, I would be your friend whether you like it or not, because you've had it tough and you're going to need friends. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> he's so cute. So, Ugh, but I um, so it, me rereading the books, because right now uh, I'm on, I'm about to re- start reading the Deathly Hallows uh, mm-hmm. once March comes, ar- comes around. 
And what I've noticed in these books compared, I wish he was in the movies more. Like I really, really wish he was uh, because I, com- I completely forgot what a great and loyal friend he is in the books. Um, He's really one of Harry's father figures. Yeah, he really is. Uh, and Hagrid's so, one of my favorites. I think he's for, moved if, his way up into yeah. my top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think so too. He's he's really great and really awesome. And speaking of like father figures, that's one of the things that I loved in that last scene with Albus and Harry. It was just like, listen, mm-hmm. I'm terrified of being a dad because let's be honest, I didn't I didn't have one. Like I didn't have the experience of growing up with one. Yeah. Uh, and so this is hard for me. This is this is tough and difficult. And having that really real moment with his son was really, really great. I think I still don't like Albus just as a character. Um, I could do without him and probably would not make it into my top 20 list. Mm-hmm. I think I might have Voldemort above him. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that just shocked me for some reason. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's how I feel now. I don't know if that's going to stick and land. Uh, later on mm-hmm. that is just my initial reaction every time he opened his mouth i was just annoyed uh, Voldemort has to be up there somewhere but i have no idea where he is because... he's above umbridge <laughs> five sure five well, sure like the the whole Tom umbridge Riddle... is not that bad of a character you know like she's one of the greatest of all time like above dumbledore at least you know i'm just can i, I, I fight you the screen <laughs> it's another topic for another also, day also can yes. we talk about how Harry's scared of pigeons? I guess I missed that. I didn't. I guess I forgot in, about that. It was part. in the last scene, and he's really in that I think conversation. He, I think with he almost this. is. I think he's almost throwing some Dumbledore wit because his true greatest fear is Dementors. <laughs> well, no, Remus Lupin said fear itself. That doesn't it's make sense strange. though, because his boggart turned into. Get it doesn't have to make sense. Oh. It was Ramus. Oh yeah, because when he sense. says Love they're nasty, pecky, dirty things, they give me the creeps for the pigeons. <laughs> yeah. Give me the creeps is different than biggest fear, but okay. Well, I didn't say biggest fear. I said that he's afraid of pigeons. Well, I, my wife is okay. afraid of birds as well. So I was just. Well, I, it's, I, I get that it's a legitimate thing, but birthday, it just Isabel. surprised to me yes. that Harry, it, well, <laughs> I say Harry, that the writers felt it necessary for Harry to point out that he was afraid. You know, Harry's got to be scared of something, you know? Well, he's afraid of the dark and of tight spaces and apparently pigeons. Well, we and know why he's afraid of uh, tight and, spaces. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. This is how he grew up. <laughs> Under, yeah. in the cupboard underneath the staircase. Yeah. <laughs> Also, David, I don't mm. have like an outline of this episode, so I don't know if you're going to get here, but it's a question that I have. Okay. Should I ask it now? Um, go ahead and ask it. And if I wasn't planning on a- if I wasn't planning on asking it, then I'll just edit this little smart little cool. part out and then we'll you can just go straight into it. Who do you guys think the cursed child is? Cursed mm. child cursed child because uh there's a lot of different opinions on it okay so let's let's go through the options i guess Mm -hmm. what have you heard um well harry is one of them delphi harry potter and harry potter (laughs) 
<laughs> Harry Potter and the Harry Potter. Doesn't. I, I don't think that that, I don't know. Abby's like, don't I, get hung somebody, up on the details. It's yeah. just enough. <laughs> hold on, hold on. These are just what people are saying. People are saying Harry okay. Potter. People are saying Delphi. Sure. People are saying mm-hmm. Albus. People are saying Scorpius. Okay. And I felt like there was, oh, someone said Cedric. Cedric. Degree, but I felt like, I don't know. So it's got to be an option me. with these other ones. I mean, yes. he, he ranks just as high as some of these. Right. But someone else and some of the other thought is, you know, I don't know that we're supposed to know because honestly, so many of these characters could all be the cursed child. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe that's the beauty of it. I don't know. I'm going to fire down Harry and Scorpius from that list. Because mm-hmm. I think the point is that Scorpius is not. Right. Well, well. Well, but his mom's kind of, ancestor yeah. was cursed and he, her, him well, being he's born the reason, was well, he's the, the whole re- yeah, thing. Why? Yeah, him being... Yeah. The conceived and born I get where they're getting that from Astoria so that's that's a fair point he's not the cursed child right (laughs) he's a cursed child my my view when I originally read it before I even read anything else about this like into it is I was like oh Delphi five sure is the cursed child does this look like a boy or a girl in this no I'm not so sure I have no idea who's on the front cover. This cover doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. It's like a blonde kid. Well, I get it because this is the augury, like the the wings. And this is a bird's nest. Right, which makes me think that it would be Delphi. Or that Delphi is like the... Like if it's Albus, it's like Albus being shrouded in the middle of... That's true. Delphi's story. The the argument for Albus... The argument for Albus and Delphi are pretty much the same and that they're cursed by their family heritage, except for Delphi, it's literally like it's more negative. Whereas for Albus, it's just being cast in the shadow of his dad. Yeah, Um, I think it's also Delphi is too. So it's kind of both of them. I I think they're both the cursed child. Like uh, Albus is in a circle of loneliness and like it's about him not being the cursed child of his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like repairing I, that relationship with Harry. But then like Delphi like is like the the societal cursed child. Right. Like if Voldemort had a child, that's a cursed child. Like that's mm-hmm. what, that's how people think about it. Right. And yeah. that's kind of I mean, how I interpreted of, That's right. what they thought of Scorpius, you Correct. know, when they thought that he was it, you know, People didn't want to be around him. Right. So I think it could be it could be Delphi and it could be Albus, but mm-hmm. I don't think the other ones fit. And C- Cedric Cedric doesn't have even an opportunity to be in this conversation because he was not a cursed child. <laughs> he, he was, was just cursed to death. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But like half of this he was just to died. reverse. Well, half of this was to reverse his death, and so in a way, his right. like whole life was no. just to die. No. I, it's a stretch. I get it. It's a huge I, I, stretch. I, I, I do see it. I see it. But I do I don't think it's it. more of a stretch but, than the other ones. Yeah. That's I don't I, I don't I personally don't see it, but I think man. I think for for Delphi, I did feel bad for her at the end. And again, it, it's it, it's the reason why I'm like okay with this whole I one of the things I did want to talk about was her is Delphi's origin story like mm-hmm. when was she born how did that come to place yeah. all these different kinds of stuff I think it was really interesting that 
Delphi, I think, heard of the prophecy from <laughs> or I I guess her stepdad. I don't know because it was like Bellatrix's like stepdad. actual mm-hmm. husband, right? Um, so it kind of it kind of to me seemed like it was done for prophecy reasons. Mm. Or what what are your thoughts on that? Uh <laughs> I don't know, go <laughs> wave articulating this in a PG way. Um <laughs> I can't do this. Just like I feel like Voldemort was just so evil and Bellatrix is so obsessed with him that them having that Bellatrix having extramarital activity with Voldemort doesn't seem like out of the realm of possibility. I also so, feel like it's one of those things where, well, one, if her husband's in Azkaban, he's never going to know. But if he wasn't at the time, <clears throat> I still feel like it's one of those things where if Lord Voldemort decides that he wants something, he's going to get it. And nobody's going to be a, it. it would be a quote-unquote great honor. Right. Know? to carry his child what doesn't make sense is if she was born like when did when when was harry hermione and ron in malfoy manor because we saw bellatrix then yeah and she wasn't wouldn't they have noticed if she was pregnant right i don't know the exact time difference because she was born right before the battle of hogwarts there's not that much time between when they're at malfoy manor and hogwarts right i don't remember but yeah i think the the reason why i say i think it's more of a prophecy thing than an actual kind of like love making kind of idea is because of me reading the half-blood prince and like voldemort kind of scoffed at love as a concept as a magical tool and so for him to like engage in that i'm just like it doesn't really make any sense to me and if he was to do it just kind of like as a as a prophecy kind of deal, like to me, that that makes it more OK for me than for them just being like, oh, yeah, we're going to get together and have this kid. Well, I don't think love has anything to do with it. I mean, we talked this whole time about Voldemort love. doesn't have love, you know, pity. So like, above why, all so why would they do love. it? There's still that carnal urge in a way. I guess. <laughs> See, Abby's saying the words. That's not why I do it. (laughs) Yes, David. We've established you are a loving human being, but Voldemort in this fictional universe does not have love. (laughs) Voldemort is not opposed to a one-night stand. But we we are as married as married people. We're all married people. I just thought of that. I just I just hate that a prophecy was fulfilled in a one-night stand. Well I hate that. That's that's Voldemort for you. (laughs) <laughs> but you know what that's fair i've got that's some fair, dates I've got, I've got some dates that make this uh more murky but apparently the skirmish it is, it's called skirmish at malfoy manors when when hermione mm-hmm. was tortured and they all were there apparently mm-hmm. that take place in easter so like late march early april of 1998 and the battle of hogwarts was in may because of course voldemort only attacks at the end of the school year as we all know <laughs> fair 
<laughs> no, oh, and we know, shoot. and we know that's true because there was like no camping scenes. I, I kind of knew it had to be late because there's like no camping. Right. Like, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. they're just running. Like it's straight. Yeah. It's a straight sprint. Like Gringotts. Like they're only at this the shell cottage for like a few days, mm-hmm. and then Gringotts, and then the lake, and then Hogsmeade, and then the Battle of Hogwarts. Like mm-hmm. it all happens back mm-hmm. to back, and so that's late. Like how would they not notice that? You know, part of me is like, I, don't know. I would magic. say part of me is like, there's a whole level of magical world that I also, it could just be one of those, you can <laughs> explain it away with magic and like, I don't get it. Yeah. But. Maybe in the heat of things, they just didn't notice. I mean, she wasn't, she didn't look pregnant. That's fair. In the movies. And I mean, obviously <laughs> for like the first couple of months, people may not look yeah. super pregnant when they're small. My but guess. seven months but, in. But yeah, seven months in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh man, I get. So I guess my final, my final thoughts on on this, just for me personally, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. If it's not, you know, it just doesn't. Because yes, it may not they may not have to be in love to kind of do this kind of thing. But also, I'm just like Dumbledore's character, or not Dumbledore's. Voldemort's character, I feel like he doesn't want what even normal people want or regular people want. Like, I think his, his he lust for power is so... David. No, David, I don't no, know. No, no, no. He I'm, may not I'm have not, had a no, choice I'm not even talking. <laughs> well, she did it when he was sleeping. Kind of like... A, no, no, no. Like a Ooh, thing. Oh, see, see my, my thing was like... My, my thing is like, she may have been trying to get pregnant, but he didn't know. And so... Oh, like, no, but I don't even think he would do it. This is a great time. I don't even think you would do it. This is a great time for me to bring up my fan. This is in my fan mm. theories inconsistencies list. That oh, I thought you were going to say fan fiction. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, I I don't remember what I thought of this. I was literally doing something like washing dishes or something, and I thought, do wizards use contraception? Oh gosh. And will that? Are we going to take that bit out and have that be the opening of this episode? <laughs> Wizards use contraception? Because I was wondering about that because, like, I think what I made me think of it was like James and Lily, James and Lily getting pregnant like immediately after they got married. I know we and all the Weasleys, say when a man... we all know the Weasleys is <laughs> they're not using it if they're in. I know. I know the thing is, you know, like when a man and a woman, a woman love each other, <laughs> but that doesn't always work like that. It's not. Like, there has, it doesn't this? have to be love no. involved. I might edit this entire part. <laughs> the only reason why, ah, oh, man, I'm glad that you know, David. You don't, I, it's technically my turn to edit, but you keep mentioning it, so I think you're in charge of this. Oh, <laughs> okay, if I could, can, if I can control, we bring the narrative. You. <laughs> <laughs> because oh man because my, 1984 my, my whole my whole argument is this this is my whole argument i don't think they would even do it i don't think he wants to do it so i don't think it's a possibility that's, that's why I i'm felt... saying it's a thing carnal like i just don't David. think i yeah I just, carnal <sighs> carnal urges i don't think he has those though he's not a normal person He's human. He has a human body. No, no, he's not. He's a he's a vicious monster. David, do you think that Voldemort has a penis? No, I do not. I do not. Hmm. See, that is that is going to be, to be the opener. That's going to be the opener. <laughs> <laughs> I Still, do not think he does. We st- we haven't said anything PG thirteen. 
How does he pee though? I want to. Ex- we have to put this explicit. Do wizards I want use the restroom? No, yes. I don't. <laughs> to get into the ministry, <laughs> I think he says "aguamente" into a toilet seat. Mm. Uh, we've really, we, actually, we've really, yes, we digressed further we really than we have. ever have. <laughs> ever, I, I, yeah. But you I know what? But you I'm know what? Take a shower after this episode. But you know what? But... <laughs> I'm having a beggar of a time. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. We did it. Oh, Abby said it. Someone else said it. Abby said it. Everyone has said it on this show. It's on this show, yeah. yeah it's catchy. It's, it's got to be a t-shirt. It's got to yeah. be a t-shirt. Anyway, heading back to the to to This had to be what we should be though, talking because about because we're about to discuss. Mm-hmm. I'm sure David you're going to ask this anyway, but we're about to discuss how canon this is. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, where yeah, I was yeah. going to the uh, So But David now you're that wrong. Voldemort it, has to have a penis. Okay. Uh, whatever. I don't even. Thing. I don't even care. I think he only uses it to pee. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that that is my final okay. final take on that. He only you uses it to opinion. pee. David's ah, that's really gonna pure be a image of Voldemort. <laughs> it's the most pure. <laughs> it's not. Oh man, it's not pure. It's just. I just don't think he has. It's those like that. Uh, I just don't. Luke. Luke. He's got other things to worry about. <laughs> Luke, Luke. Luke is famed for. I think he's the one that shared this, the meme all the time. That's like when you realize that women poop. <laughs> and it's like that guy looking yeah. off into the distance. That's how I For think sure. about uh, when da- yeah. they often make this meme. Like when David realized that Voldemort <laughs> had sex. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. I'm standing by that. I'm standing by he did it. Some oh, some way boy. somehow this happened. But I'm like I'm lightheaded and left. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know you you're having fun. But let I'm me ask this question. That's for sure. After after reading this in its entirety, where do you think yes. it does line up in terms of canon? Does it belong with the other seven books? No, not at all. I believe it there. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's broken the the camel's back for me mm-hmm. enough. And right. David's I'm gonna say what David's gonna say anyway it's like whether you like it or not Mm -hmm. JK Rowling says it's canon yeah I think there's a lot of good stuff in this though I I don't at least I'm not gonna throw it all the way down to the bottom of canon like I think there's too many good scenes Mm -hmm. that we've referenced and I think it works well with the rest of the series other than a couple of small things like of course Delphi existing but you can't. There's no villains anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I guess well, you could have I, a new, a new dark wizard or something. But it's so, not as compelling as. Mm-hmm. Abby, do you want to jump in before I before this I well, jump in? I just, just want to clarify my statement, and that when you said, "Does it belong with the seven books?" Mm-hmm. Yes. My thought was no. Whether mm-hmm. it's canon. This is where we get into the tiers of your canon that we've right. talked about. I don't mm-hmm. know that I put it with the seven books, but I definitely put it with like Fantastic Beasts and where to find them and like all the other right materials, like screen. I think these are both second stuff. tier. Yeah. yeah. I would say Fantastic mm-hmm. Beasts and this are second tier for me because yeah. they're both valuable in terms of reading about characters and getting a better idea oh, yeah. of who they are right. and what they become. Beautiful scenes and so like dialogue for some of this, like absolutely loved it. Yeah. So I guess here here's where I stand 
in terms of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. It definitely is tier two. And I think it has potential to be tier one, but not in its current form. Mm. I So I think it's a fun ride. It's a fun idea. And this will never happen. This this is not going to be a possibility. But if, if it were, again, if we somehow became in charge of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter... Mm-hmm. I would tweak some things about the story, the but park. keep the majority. Or the universe. Uh, I'm sorry. Wait, say that again. I said the the amusement park. Uh, yeah, yeah, the amusement park. Um, but I, I think most of the story is faithful to what J.K. has done before. I agree. With mm-hmm. a couple of areas. And I think that if it was tweaked in some way, I think Delphi should stay in. I think maybe who her daddy is may change and should be different. (laughs) Yeah, I think it could be that her dad is not really Voldemort. Right. Uh, And because I still think her story makes sense, even if Voldemort isn't her father i mean i I think definitely the converse the conversation that harry voldemort has with her looks different and changes for sure but i still think that there's just a lot of great storytelling and a really Mm -hmm. great dialogue between lots of characters that i think it 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 works and i enjoyed it and i think it's a lot of fun um but to kind of it if if this was to be tier one, a lot of things I think would have to not a lot of things. So, some things would have to change to be to be put in that put in that list. But I think tier two is the perfect is the perfect place to have it because it's like it's canon, but it's not ultimate canon. Yeah. Well, even if bef- even if J.K. Rowling says it's it's canon, <laughs> it's not tier one canon. Before I had read and discussed this with you guys just based off of the things I had heard about it mm-hmm. I was like so totally against like that's not canon that's just like fan <laughs> fiction that's not you know but after <laughs> yeah. actually having read it and then discussing it with you guys like actually I had a good time I enjoyed it it was you had a banger of a time I had like a, you have a banger of a time yeah, banger of a time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I still I still say what I said in like Act Two, which is I'm having a moderately good time. Yeah, I yes. yeah, I will agree okay. with that. I'm having a mo- I had mm-hmm. a moderately good time, and I really there were a lot of things I really appreciated about this, mm-hmm. but it still you know doesn't feel to me like the seven books did. The yes. main the main two things for me would be Delphi's birth date. And I would try, I would, if I was rewriting this, I would personally try to iron out the message to the future, but that's just me. I'm not, I'm fine with the way it is. Yeah. And then well, Ron, actually that's Ron's a... character mm-hmm. art. Yes. Like it'd be Ron's character art and Delphi, Delphi's birth date. Those would be mm-hmm. the only things I would try to change. Yeah. yeah. Abby, for you, what would it need to do to be tier one? You know. I agree with the things that I think Spencer listed. I don't know. 
honestly, I just wish we had more material to read through. Mm-hmm. I think because this, it's play format, there's just yes, less because material. It's yeah. It felt it yeah. feels it just, short. It feels lacking in a way. Mm-hmm. I, I still feel like there's so much that we could have explored and didn't. And so I don't know that I would necessarily change mm-hmm. a whole lot of it. Other but I would than, want to add. Yeah. Yeah. So so basically we were just like convert it into book form and add some more details and some some more world building maybe. Yeah. With but I'm like almost afraid that the more world building they did, the more Ron situ Ron Weasley change situations we yeah. have. Well, again, we would have to rewrite Ron's character in total. Yes. yes. So like, I did. So I did say that I agreed with changing yes. the things that you yes. guys had said. But in yeah, addition so, to that, I didn't have anything. I would just add more. Yeah. Now, is this? I know. I know. We said this at the end of the first episode, mm-hmm. but you know, now that we're wrapping up and we're finishing it off, would you encourage Harry Potter fans to read this? Definitely. Another important question. Yes, and and you should go and read it with an open mind. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Because that's a, people come probably come into this way closed off, which we even mm, all of us, mm. <laughs> all of us, all of us. With trying to have an open mind, we still had a closed off look opening this just because of the vast hate that goes on this. this. Yeah, people mm-hmm. hate this, and mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair. I don't think that's fair at all. Yeah, I think you well, can dislike I, certain yeah. aspects of it, which as mm-hmm. we all did, like we did. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's still a moderately good book, and yeah. maybe I guess you're right, Abby. I think it doesn't have enough detail to rank it higher mm-hmm. than any of the Harry Potter books, but story mm-hmm. alone. It stands for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't. It was a fun story. It was a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it would be a lot of fun to see this converted into book format um, with or more movie. details, or movie. Yeah. Or or movie. If um, they could find a way to make it happen with the characters, that we wouldn't be able to have the actors. Yeah. Have. Without Warner Snape, Brothers, call us. Without Snape and and like all the the sadly the more elder. Mm-hmm. actors it'd be difficult mm-hmm. it'd be more than difficult like it's mm-hmm. not just it'd be, it'd be too hard to bring although them back. i would love to have maggie smith back on screen playing it'd be a lot yeah again. de-aging it would be a lot it'd be de-aging maybe <laughs> mm-hmm. uh i guess She's michael Gambon's still pal. alive but yeah yeah know. well that is going to do it for us here on the show of requirements. It's been a, a really fun ride diving into Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Spencer, Abby, what's next for us here on the show of requirement? I know what's next. Abby, you, Abby, <laughs> you should know what's next. I've forgotten what's next. I was going to say, <laughs> well, you were getting into like your therapy background and I was like, no, Abby, save it for next week. Oh, 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 is that, whoa, wait, is yeah, that that's next, next week? week? That's next week. Oh, that's next week. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Look at us go. We're going to be talking about death and grief in Harry Potter, friends. Mm. And, and for those of you that don't know, I work at a grief and loss therapy center. So I'm mm. very familiar with grief yeah. and loss. We're diving into some new content here on the show for Carmen. And I don't know if there's another Harry Potter podcast that 
is going to cover something like this in this kind of detail that we are about to. Um, so I'm interested. I'm excited for the fun we're going to have. We're also going to have character studies and we're not going to reveal who it is. Um, David, you're hosting this one. By the, process uh, character of studies? By process of elimination, yes, you're going to be hosting mm-hmm. this character study. Well, then I'm not going to tell you who it is because nope, I want it to be a secret. And then uh, should, I tell the, should I tell the next? We're doing another expansive thing. Oh, for, man. Do you, do you want to go? You want to go into this? Yeah, I think, I think it'd be I, I think, think you should. Time. Yep. Yeah, so yep. we're doing, we are doing a spin on the writing room format with the, we're going into the what if, but in the Harry Potter universe. Mm. And I won't tell you what the first one is. But it's a big one. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's probably the main. Like if you think of what if in Harry Potter, that thing you're thinking of, is what we're doing, <laughs> to a degree. And it's gonna be. It's gonna be more than you think. So yeah. So a lot of fun things happening here on the podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Harry Potter right underscore fanatic H, 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 H Potter, Potter underscore, underscore fanatics. fanatics. Yeah, <laughs> that. Uh, and also, if you had a banger of a time like we did in <laughs> listening to this, please feel free to subscribe to follow uh, show requirements and make sure to give us a rating as it helps us kind of go climb up the ladder of Harry Potter podcasts around the world. And thank you guys for joining us for Spencer and Abby. This is David Gonzalez with the show requirement, a Harry Potter podcast. And until next time, mischief managed. <laughs>